excited values, values. If you've been keeping track at home, this is year three of Pastor Scott. Year three. I'm waiting for the money to pay hands, because several of you bet I wouldn't make it three years, right? There's about 19 of you. I think there's some sizable money going around the room right now. There's no way that guy will last two years. Hey, year three. I'm barely making it across. Just kidding. I love it here. So thankful for this church, for this community. And this being year three, this the Sunday, typically when the kids go back to school is what we call a vision Sunday, a vision Sunday. It's a time where we kind of unite around some oars and we all are paddling in the same direction, right? But instead of oars and that kind of imagery, I'd rather consider that on these Sundays we take out our compasses and we recheck what's pulling that needle. Because it's not me. It's not anybody in here. It is the Spirit of God, the person of Jesus Christ, and God the Father who we all unite around. Amen? Now, before we get into the meat of the message, I want to say thank you so much to our staff who filled in when I was gone last week on vacation. And I want to say specifically just point out Jada, who's still hiding in the back, I believe, and all of her work with our youth, and Jason, who has really come in and just catapulted into this worship leading role. Those two new staff, I want to say thank you to them right now, and this is a pause for you to clap for them. I want to also point out that Tyler, who is our business administrator, had his baby girl. Pause for awe. No clapping. You just have to say awe. And thankful for Melissa Boland, who will be filling in that role. So thankful for her gifts as she just moves in there for one month. So if you have any questions on the business side, we have a little bit of a mini transition while Tyler's out on paternity, and we'll be back a month from now. Now, as we get into this sermon, before we get into the values, I want to talk a little bit about our mission and our vision. Our mission of E3 is to, it's super simple. And a mission statement has to be memorizable. So if you're brand new, this is super easy. This is the one thing I want you to memorize. The mission of E3 is to what, E3? That was very good, zombies. Some of you probably had drool when you said that. Let's say it with a smile on our faces. The mission of E3 is to? We enjoy making disciples here at E3, and every community, every group of people have a mission about them. Some might be to win football games. That's a community of people that they have a mission to win those games, to make widgets, to destroy the Avengers. That could be a mission of a group of people, right? When the mission ends, the community soon will as well. When the mission ends, the community soon will as well. A mission must be clear. It must be memorizable, and it has to be action-oriented. There are some companies and corporations who have a mission statement that's two paragraphs long, and God bless you, you can't memorize that, so you have no idea what you're supposed to be doing. A mission has to be short, succinct, and to the point with some sort of action-oriented around it. Now, to make disciples, that's a hard thing to do, right? There's not a clear-cut roadmap for every single person. It's not like making a widget or winning a football game where you know the score. A disciple is a lifelong process, and we'll get into that in a minute. Now, vision is very different. The vision is the overall goal of that organization, if we're using those earlier groups. The vision of a team winning football games is the national championship, right? We know a little bit about that around these parts. We want, if you're making widgets, you want sales of those widgets, whatever you're making, in every single American household. And if you're trying to destroy the Avengers, you're looking for world dominion, right? You're going to take over the world. The vision can change and often will change in times of epic transition. 
Eventually, element three vision probably will change just ever so subtly. But a great vision must be grandiose and also sometimes will be never realized in the entirety of that organization. And then every organization will have values. Last year, we reoriented the room similar to what we're sitting in today. We talked about our internal, what is my internal purpose statement, my mission as an individual person. We had packets. It was a great time. Most of the time, you spent writing instead of having corporate worship, and that was a beautiful service. We talked about I exist because blank, and some of you had some beautiful statements. And that whole year purpose then was to figure out who am I? In the midst of 2022-2023 pandemic easing, all sorts of things changing maybe globally or just personally in my life, who am I in this moment of time? Even in our men's and women's retreats, we engage Bonhoeffer's life together, which talks about you as an individual and how you interact with the community around you. Today, we're getting out from the book of Ephesians, talking about a new community, into what it looks like to be a vision filled, or sorry, excuse me, a value-filled community, a value-filled community in working together to get our vision and our mission oriented together. Our values can be stated, and they sometimes in an organization can be unstated. I'm not talking about trivial things like whose lunch is labeled in the communal fridge at work or what time you come to work. Those are values of an organization. The value of E3 is you can show up anytime at worship. No, no minutes too late, right? Come in when the pastor says amen. It's okay. But the organization's values deem who they are, those stated ones, those ones that core values of who we want to be and help guide toward the vision and mission. Does that make sense? So for football teams, what are some values? Just shout them out. Having a good coach. Teamwork. You can't be a football team without teamwork, right? Discipline. Discipline. You can't make the, the same mistakes over and over. What else? You're all saying stuff at the same time. It just sounds like this to me. Everyone said a perfect answer. Well done. These values of a football team guide the team towards their vision of a national championship, and the mission is to win what? Games. What about a sales team? What are the values of a sales team making widgets? Quality, service, timeliness. There's all sorts of values that guide the sales team towards making their vision and mission complete. And then lastly, what about a mythical enemy group that's fighting the Avengers? What are their values? Evil. Very good villain voice. Who was that? In the darkness, Lindsay. Evil. Power. Stupidity sometimes. I love it. I love it. Villains oftentimes fall over, right? Yeah. Spider-Man gets a little lucky sometimes. Even organizations, even groups of people who have bad ideas of what they want for the end result can have value. And that might be reorienting for some of our brains. The question you might have this morning is, why not just use this big book we have? So we sometimes talk about it, not so much this morning, but next week we'll get back into it with the Beatitudes. It's called the Bible. Why not just use that 66 books? They're perfectly logically outlined. We know exactly what we need to have from the Bible, right? There's never any gray area by people misinterpreting one verse or another, right? Oh, wait. It's interesting because working from two different denominations where I came from prior to E3, 
we had this thing called the Orange Book. And it was very fascinating how many times that Orange Book of church organization was elevated above the Bible. And it was very scary for me. It was also fascinating because the Orange Book was about yay thick, same font if I had to say, and the Bible's, you know, about yay thick. And I'm wondering, what have I gotten into? What have I gotten into? Church, book of Church Discipline. And it's nothing against denominations. Denominations have their own ways of which we do business. And doing business is important. But saying what our values are clearly and making them known for the entire group is essential for every organization and a good health check. For me personally, it's been a great week in delving into those preparing for this message and understanding what our values are. See, a life breathing church must be laser focused on their mission, must be clear on its vision, and have an established set of large-scale values that they agree on and hold each other accountable. To use an analogy, the mission is a fuel for the vehicle, the vision in the direction the vehicle's going, but the values is what makes the journey worthwhile. The values make the journey worthwhile. You never think about when you're in a car trip with all your little kids and they're all screaming in the back seat. But those memories of the car trip is the values. The gas is the mission, and wherever the driver goes is the vision. Now, on your tables, there are packets for all of our values at E3. There are several of them, and there's so much scriptural backing. It was done by the staff in years prior. It's wonderfully done. There should be enough to share around the tables. If you need extras, we will print more. We have more over at uh, the, the entrance to our church. We would love for you to delve into those on your own time. But as a good trainer and a good teacher, I'm not going to read that aloud. I'm not going to read that to you. That's for you to do some homework after the service is over. I'm going to go quickly through all of our values here at E3, but I want you to spend some time individually going through those on your own as well. So with that in mind, when the Holy Spirit is moving in and among and through us, first one is we exemplify the diversity of God in one another, first value. Now, this was one that I actually added upon my entry into E3 in year one or year two. They all kind of meld into one year. Diversity is important. And it's essentially important in God's design plan because if you didn't realize, if you look around the room, we all look a little bit different. Even identical twins are different beings. And the differences that God makes us in is scriptural because we're all a part of this big body called Jesus. And I look around the room and I see some stomach cells and I see some brain cells and I see some eye cells, I think, over there. There's some feet down here, hands over here. And it's not an organized body except for the head, which is Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit infuses us all together to work in our diversity, to work in our diversity, to do what Christ's mission is for us, which I believe is to make more disciples. We see that diversity is essential to have as a core value because it shows that each and every person, no matter our experiences, no matter our talents, no matter what my hidden talents are, no matter if I stand up and sing or if I sit in the far back and just hum along or I just go like this, lip syncing's fine when you're worshiping. We all have a place in the diversity of God's holy body. Amen? Second one, we experience and display grace in all things. Grace in all things. I love the sub point. We think the best of one another. We think the best of one another. That is a key value of this organization. 
that no one is out in this room trying to undercut, trying to make somebody else look bad. None of us are trying to hurt one another. Amen? Now, there are times where that happens accidentally. We mean the best. We want to say the best. And somehow it comes out a little bit and lost in translation. We'll get to that in a moment. We'll get to that in a moment. But at E3, we have grace in all things. Even Pastor Mike's basketball game. We embrace a life of perpetual growth, perpetual growth. The sub-bullet point there, we emphasize life change over a one-time conversion experience. Now, baptisms are one of my favorite Sundays. One of my favorite Sundays to see somebody say, I'm willing to take the plunge for Jesus to identify with this ragtag group of people. Similarly, owners Sunday, where we have new owners come up and say, I'm a part of this organization. I'm going to vote. I'm going to be a part of this and do all these things. I covenant with these people. Awesome. But the true metric of success in our business is over an entire life. And that is something our common world cannot understand. Can you imagine going into McDonald's and they don't count how many burgers they sold? They count how many burgers they've ever sold. And they want to make sure that a person has enough burgers for their entire life. It wouldn't make any sense business-wise, right? And so our, our, our culture says we don't care about the entirety of someone's life. We only care about three snippets where I can sell them something, where I can see that they clicked on the channel that I want them to watch. Or they voted once every four years, or eight, or 16. They voted for the candidate that we want them to vote for, right? No one thinks this way as a value. And it's one of the most undervalued value. Pardon my word choice there. One of the most undervalued value is that perpetual growth has to be key in the Christian walk. Get it? Got it? Good. Fourth, we embrace and live out a life of intentional design. Co-creation and stewardship are key in this value. That what we do makes sense for what we're trying to do. This happens all the time, whereas the mission champion of E3 I get asked a thousand different great ideas. Hey, Pastor Scott, let's start a fill in the blank here. I'm like, yes, that's awesome. I would love to do that. Well, well, but wait, Pastor Scott, there's something even better over here. Let's add on this over here. I'm not putting it in the blanks even though I could because I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. And let's also add in before that, we'll start this ministry over here. And all of a sudden, our mission gets out of sorts. Intentional design means that we think about making disciples, and that's our only goal as a church. Now, we also have Serve Tallahassee. And Serve Tallahassee gives out food week by week by week to hundreds of families at Tallahassee. And in Tallahassee, that number of families who go through Serve Tallahassee is growing. And so we think through saying, there's something amiss in our city. If we keep seeing more and more people come through this line, it's not necessarily something to celebrate, though we can't celebrate it, right? Because we want to stop the problem in the first place. So we say we're going to work on issues of justice. Where everyone has an opportunity to find food that they want. And an ability to get that food. And then you go backwards even further than that. And all of a sudden you have this whole long, big, giant creation. No, we want to have intentional design. That we are focused on what we can do. And do that exceptionally well. Co-creation and stewardship of the resources we've been given and the resources that you have so generously donated through your consistent 
and overabundant giving is something that I am very personally thankful for. Next one, we choose to make room for others. As I look around the room, I see mostly people have chosen to sit with your families. That's kind of a joke. Mostly you choose to sit by people who you say, I'd like to sit next to that person and, and sit with an hour-long service and, and gather information, and then I'll leave. Making room for others thinks of others first. And to bring up this image yet again, because it's so essential, I've talked about this a hundred times, we think of our organization not as a bounded set where there's this wall around E3 and we're a part of E3 and E3 is who we are and you have to do these 27 things to be a part of E3. No, every person, if you're moving towards Christ, it doesn't matter what the outside world tells you, every single person, every single one of you is oriented around Jesus and not an imaginary line in the sand saying that we only have room for so many. Friends, there is always room at E3. Always room. Next one. We live authentic lives to ourselves and to others. We do not pretend that we have it all together. I love this quote from the packet. To be human is to be broken, and this truth helps free us so we do not hide our struggles. We tell the truth in love, and we tell it to each other. Authenticity is something that is lacking in this world day and age, right? More often than not, I look around the room and I see a lot of phonies, a lot of wannabes, and they switch sides out of their mouth mid-sentence at times what they actually are. Authenticity is key here. More on that in a moment. We maintain a posture of humility. Humility is a hard one to define because if you truly are humble, you have to be humble about being humble, right? But it's one of those, not as a joke or any sort of circular thinking, that humility is one that is only learned through the school of hard knocks. A person who has gone through a hard life understands what true humility is, and some of us in this room just can't fathom what it actually is. But humility is one that connects with that authenticity that it's not about me and my ego and my desires all the time, it's about others and lifting them up and putting their needs first. And lastly, we trust God to lead, provide for, and guide us. And we trust each other to bring the best life to the community. We won't judge others in trust. We don't think that in a trust fall that somehow uh, the person behind me will just slip away at the last second and I'll fall to my humiliation or to my injury. No, we choose faith that what people say around us, a value of trust, is what they truly mean. Again, how refreshing, because that's so absent in our today's culture. Now, those are our values. And each one of us will go out of this room and live them all perfectly forever. Amen? Wink. <laughs> the problem is, in our culture, values are always convenient and never consistently celebrated. Yeah, a value of somebody doing something majestic is shown on the news, absolutely. But too often the values, the anti-values are upheld and held high in esteem because it garners some sort of attention. And the leaders in our day and age, if you watch any TV show, and I'm judging a little bit here, but it's just true, the leaders and the celebrities that we see in our day and age in our media are so anti-value of what Christ would want held up 
and they've so subvertly reoriented what we think we should actually hold up as something good to what is actually bad, and I try and do that, and then Sunday I come and real quick put on my smiley face and pray a prayer, and then Monday I'm back to normal. That we just have this duality, this bipolarness that can only cause just insanity in our very souls. See, we could wordsmith this a thousand times over and choose a thousand different variations of these and wordsmith those to some sort of biblical standard. Values are not meant to be fun sayings on a wall, friends. A quick sermon, an orange book, or a book on church discipline, but values are only values when they are done, when they're acted out. Early on in my marriage, I had a very bad habit just like this microphone. I'm just going to do it right here. There we go. It's distracting me, so it has to distract you. Now I'm done with it. Early on in my marriage, I had this really bad habit of saying, yes, honey, I'll do the dishes. Yes, honey, I'll take out the trash. Yes, honey, I'll do whatever I need to get done because I'm the husband and I'll help do whatever I need to get done, right? And then guess what I did? None of that. None of that. I see the elbows across the room, Right? And I realized very quickly on early on in that marriage, and I'm still realizing it to this very day, I'm not there quite there yet. It perpetual, everlasting growth. Thanks, hon, for your patience. That it takes someone who says what they're going to do and then doing it to show what your values truly are. See, we can talk and talk and talk and talk about them, but living out values is definite. And has an immeasurable effect, but an effect on another's soul. For example, you think about humility, trust, authenticity. I can't know if you're actually being trustworthy. I can't know if you're being authentic. I don't know if you're being humble or if you're secretly bragging yourself up a level. But if you are, that is the spirit breathing into my soul and transforming who I am, in profound and powerful ways. See, for those who still don't get it, values, I want to bring out one of my very best friends in my entire life out of my favorite waste paper basket with a Nebraska logo on it, just throwing that in there. This is my friend Water Balloon. You're wondering, now you know why you don't sit in the front row at church. (laughs) Three have broken while I've been preaching. I've been keeping track. Water balloon is a great gimmick because it has a measurable effect. Right now, it's a solid. I can talk about throwing this at any one of you, Desmond. The camera's too close to you. You guys, you ready? Here's, here's, here's the point of this. The measurable effect is that there's a beginning, a middle, and an end to this water balloon. If I would break this on any one of you sitting up near the front of the rows... If I would break this, you would have an immediate effect from this water balloon. It would no longer just be talk. It would be action. But too often, we live our values in our life out of convenience. And we talk a good game, but we never actually do the deed. On a hot day like this, you know what this would be for anyone? Refreshment, excitement. And a cold day up in the north, it still is excitement, refreshment. (laughs) This is an ability to make a definite change 
And too often, we see these sermons and we think there's no actual way that something will change in my life if I do humility, trust, authenticity. If I do one of these things, nothing will change. I'll just come and do the thing. I'll get the free coffee and I'll leave. Next week, I get a T-shirt. Then I'll leave. Real change takes time. It takes hundreds and thousands of repetitions of doing this over and over and over. And it's not an instantaneous effect. Years, not years ago, weeks ago, months ago even, on April, I don't know why I said years, April Fool's, that's the point I'm getting to, April Fool's. One of the greatest moments in my life, I was able to take one of these objects, I went into our living room, and I said, hey, honey, what's wrong with the roof? And as she looked up, I got her. <laughs> Luckily, I had 100 outside, so we had a whole family water balloon. And as I sat and watched my kids fruitlessly try and hit me because I am super athletic with the water balloons, yes, I am. As they tried to get me, I realized that all of a sudden, they were getting better at throwing water balloons. And I thought, hmm, they're starting to hit me. And ouch, James has a cannon for an arm. And oh my goodness, why did Evelyn just hit me in the side of the head with a water balloon? I am defenseless. Stop, kids. Please stop drowning me. This whole point of this is, is that over time, my kids have gotten better at throwing these because we routinely have water balloon fights in the Martin household. We routinely, spontaneously, plant and plan and have water balloons stored in strategic places just in case we need to douse one another. There may be one under my bed right now. <laughs> the point of this is, is that over time, they have gotten markedly better at doing water balloons. And it's just the same in Christian life in doing these values. You can't just talk a good game. You have to live it out. In understanding how we live out these values, I want to give you three points in how this looks when we live these out. Number one, we ask ourselves, who are the value champions in our community? Who are the value champions in our community? How can I grow up and grow to their level of being one of those value champions? Who are the people who are trustworthy? Who are the people who are authentic? That I can point to them. And what's interesting is if I had you point out the people in this room, everyone would have maybe you pointed out. And you would never say I'm any of those things. We're not going to take the time to do that. But the interesting thing is, is that these values look differently displayed in different people because we're drawn in that body of Christ to the differences in the DNA cell level of how the Spirit has given each and every person a different gift. Diversity, again, showing itself. To bring my friend back out, who are the ones not only talking about throwing those water balloons, but who would actually throw and take that chance and make a change? Secondly, how are our top leaders showing, and where are they growing in these values? Now, you notice, go back to one real quick. Who are those people? Number two, how are our top leaders? There's a difference there. If the top leaders of any organization aren't showing their values, there's a problem in that organization. Because that top leader has to be one of the champions, and the top leaders have to be the champion leaders of these values in every facet. Talking about the pastoral staff, wise counsel, our staff of our church, our ministry leaders. Every single person has to say, we hold these as key to seeing our vision and our mission grown in Tallahassee and in our church. This goes back to one of my favorite restaurants, Chick-fil-A. And everyone knows when you go through Chick-fil-A drive-thru and you say, thanks, they say what? 
And that doesn't, my pleasure is not in any training manual at Chick-fil-A. I'll give you a set that and let that sink in. My pleasure comes from the vice president of Chick-fil-A or the president, the stories a little differ based on internet search. That the vice president or president grabbed a bunch of free handouts and at one of the Chick-fil-A major trainings, that person stood at the front door and handed them out one by one to every person who came by. And they said, thanks. And guess what that vice president or president said? When the top leaders and the people who are not even near the top of the leadership chain in any organization embodies the values, it just naturally spreads. To the point now where I go in every other restaurant, and guess what I get said back to me? My pleasure. That's just a warm, comforting phrase. That happens through living out your values. See, behavior for all other leaders overrides all the other stuff. You have to be that mission champion and live out doing that mission in huge and small ways at the same time. As a role of lead pastor, I want to cherish, embody, edify, and bring about our vision and mission more than any other, and so I will do these values to my very best of my ability. I won't be perfect. And that's where the grace comes in. That both for number one, I'm going to grow into the people who I see are doing them, and two, I should also give grace to those who struggle and fail at their very best attempts at times. Lastly, sorry, thirdly, who defends the values? We have to hold these so clear, so dearly, that if someone has the audacity to have an anti-value, we have to be willing to remove them from the community. This isn't just for E3, this is for any organization. That if you have one employee who is extremely competent, can do the work of four, but has no value, they're more toxic and will do more damage than four employees who are not nearly as good as the one. And this is done through numerous studies. This isn't any other me just talking out whatever I'm talking about, which sometimes happens, but in all honesty, in all honesty, you have to understand that having these values is much more important than having a rock star or some sort of amazing employee that can do the job of four. We've had several people over the past year in particular who have said that they don't really understand and don't want to share the same values that we hold in the packets in front of you. And that's okay, because that's why there's other organizations out there. That's why there's multiple types of restaurants. That's why there's multiple types of churches. One in particular that I will not call out didn't enjoy that we talked about diversity as much as we do. And that's fine, because many churches won't. But at E3, we will hold that and defend that value for the sake of all who attend. Amen? That was a good amen. That was like the best one I've ever heard you do. I'm being authentic right now. What I'm asking about is a person who do these values will call out a preacher who flippantly brings a water balloon on stage and will not first douse himself before he douses others. Are we ready? <laughs> Microphone still works. In some pump still pumping. Can't read my script now. Didn't think about that. That's okay. 
Here's the fourth and final one. We need to practice these. We need to practice these. We can't just talk about them. We need to practice them. And that's why we oriented the room the way we did. Some of you in a moment are going to have to make room around your table. Make room for people who you would not dare talk to because you have some sort of beef with, okay? You better deal with it because eternity is a long time. Better figure it out now. Some of you around the room are going to have to be authentic in a way that's a little scary. Maybe you're a first-time guest and you're like, I don't know what I've gotten into, but I'm worried about the water balloon guy. (laughs) Authenticity of saying I'm a little scared for some people is the worst thing they could ever say out of their lips. Some of you are going to have to just embrace some diversity of thought. That E3, we don't have a set standard that you believe these certain things and no one else can come in. No, there's always room at E3. And always room around a table that's set for eight that we have to cram 25 people around. Those are some of the best types of tables in my life. And so what I want to do is spend five minutes of time where you can look around the table and talk to one another. Are you ready? Set. Go. What I did is I'm giving you an appetizer, and I'm making you hungry for the full course. Because what happens in a church is it's not just about what happens right here, right now, a message and some music. It's about sharing one another's life and letting others shape that life in community through these values. And I love that some of you just keep talking and you don't care what I'm saying right now. God bless you. That's awesome. Two action items. First of all, I talked at the very start of the message message about growth groups. What we're doing right now is fake growth groups, fake growth groups, where you are trying out in people you're very comfortable with talking about life, or I just met this person, I'm talking to them. That's awesome too. Growth groups are an opportunity to pour your life out in small groups in ways which you would not get to do in this setting for four minutes. Secondly, on your tables, there's QR codes. One of those QR codes, when you scan it, allows you to do a connect card. Uh, we'd be honored for you to, to, to fill that out if you're interested in volunteering. We need volunteers both for E3 kids and specifically for E3 youth. We'd like both of those to be filled up for the next generation of our church to make room for those new folk. Secondly, the second QR code goes to a, a thing called Padlet. Padlet. And it's an opportunity to share moments where you or you found someone else doing our values, and for the next sermon series, the Beatitudes. I'd love for you to come back and listen to Jesus' teaching on the Beatitudes. Next week will be unlike a sermon I preached where there will be almost zero jokes. Because it's the most important thing that Jesus has ever taught. What the word blessed means. And what we are all missing in our lives, and we don't even know it. I'd invite you to come back next week as we do that. Grab a free T-shirt and to do these together. But now we're going to transition into communion. And communion is a time that is so special because it's a time of action. It's just not talking about forgiveness. It's literally taking forgiveness inside you. Let's say that again. Not just talking about forgiveness. It's literally taking forgiveness inside you.
When you take this bread at your table before you, we take the cup at the table before you, and you put them in your body, it's not taking just bread and cup. It is taking Jesus' body and blood, the entirety of the salvation story realized in a moment of digestion that Jesus is very creative in commanding us to do. I'd invite you to take the next song to ruminate over this, to think about what Jesus means by these words of body and blood, of bread and cup. For those who are on the outside, we have a table in the back with, with uh, bread and juice. And for this side, again, the table in the back has bread and juice on the back as well. If you are missing any or someone accidentally knocked over your tray, we have plenty at both tables in the back and thankful for our wise counsel who set this up this morning. We use gluten-free bread, and you don't have to be a member of this church or of any church to partake of the meal set before us in a moment. Again, after we sing this song and invite you to stand, we'll then turn our minds and hearts to communion and take the elements together. But for now, please stand as we continue to worship.